Welcome to the Advancing Women Podcast, where ambitious women come together to challenge the status quo, advance their careers, and up-level their lives. The Advancing Women Podcast is hosted by gender equity expert and executive coach, Dr. Kimberly D. Simone. Welcome, warriors, to the Advancing Women Podcast. Here we are in September. I can't even believe it. And if you're like me, and I suspect this is true for many working parents, September is a bittersweet month. It sadly marks the end of one era, summer, and excitedly marks the start of a new one, fall. Sad to see the long, lazy days of summer and fun times with our kids end, but honestly, for me, there's a sense of relief. I need my kids to go back to school. I need more time. Time to get caught up, time to get things done, and honestly, just some time for myself. And September is self-improvement month, a time meant to reflect on all you've accomplished and to think about which goals you still want or need to work toward. Self-improvement month encourages us to make a conscious effort to improve ourselves, but self-improvement means something different to everyone. And I am particularly sensitive to the term self-improvement because too often it is directed towards women, especially in the workplace. It's this self-improvement, professional development kind of conversation that I talk about all the time on the podcast. And overall, we need to stop telling women to do better and be better and improve in the workplace and start to expect the workplace to do better. As women, we're constantly encouraged and advised to adapt, to improve, to fix a host of proposed deficits that are supposedly holding us back. But as I always say, you are neither broken nor defective. We as women don't need to be fixed. And chances are most of us have already done and continue to do things every day focused on self-improvement. So for this self-improvement month, I'm trying to think about a more compassionate approach to self-improvement. I want us to think about the improvements we need to make to be better to ourselves, to be better at prioritizing our needs. And when I think about these personal goals, whether it's finding more peace, connecting with nature, reducing stress, when I think about just being more centered to realigning to my truest self, I think of one person. So I reached out to my most trusted, compassionate wellness warrior to join me today to talk about self-improvement in terms of what we need to do for ourselves to realign and get back to center. Erica Golub is a busy woman, a working mother, a highly accomplished product designer, and a certified yoga mindfulness and meditation practitioner. Perhaps most importantly, she is a trusted bestie who I turn to often, but always when I need help getting myself back to center. So I am so excited today to welcome Erica to the Advancing Women podcast to discuss self-improvement in terms of what we can do to be better to ourselves. Welcome, Erica. Hi, it's great to be back. It's been a minute, so I'm glad you're back, and I'm glad we're talking about this. It's an important topic and a really good time, I think. And I think a lot of us are feeling a certain kind of way right now (laughs) this September. Maybe it's just me, but I suspect I'm not alone here. I think it's a great time uh, to always revisit routines, right, as we change seasons. One of the things my teenager said as she went back to school was, I'm not really looking forward to going to school, but I am looking forward to having a routine again. 
because in the summer you don't have them. And I thought, yeah, routine's really important. So it's an opportunity uh, for us to kind of revisit our routines. Yeah, I also have a teenager. And I think there's a lot of feelings of sadness at the end of summer, but I think deep down a little bit of a sense of lack of purpose and a need to get back to something, right? Something that's just not about leisure, but is about something more. Yeah. So it's it's funny it, you had said in your opening about self-improvement and how you're kind of hesitant with it. And I have really been hesitant with the terminology self-improvement lately. I don't know what it is. Maybe we're getting older, maybe a little bit wiser. I just don't love uh, love that term anymore. And maybe it's a societal pressure of feeling like you always have to be reading the right books and putting the right hours into the gym or uh, taking the right classes or improving XYZ or yeah, strive, strive, strive. I think it's it gets a little exhausting. And I actually think it's the opposite of self-wellness. It feels like too much. And I find myself now contemplating and parsing through what's important to me and my goals in life versus what's important to society. I think you're right. I think self-improvement is a great term if we really think about helping ourselves get what we need, where it has really been commandeered in a very negative way is when the outside world is consistently reminding us or challenging us to be more. With social media, we see this added pressure of perfection. And I talked about that a little bit in my toxic positivity episode. I was talking with a friend the other day and there was this meme of this woman who was, I think she was 80 years old. And it was like, this is what 80 looks like. And she had this six pack and she looked amazing. And the message was, this could be you. And on one hand, I was like, well, yay for her if that makes her happy. But on the other hand, I'm like, I'm just exhausted even thinking that I've got to work that hard. I don't even have a six pack now. And now I've got to worry about being 80 and having a six pack. It's almost as though the pressure to be better and to strive and to do more has gotten to the point where I'm not sure it's serving us. And so that's kind of why I wanted to talk to you today. And I wanted us to have this discussion because I think a lot of women I talk to more and more are feeling this. Yes, I want to self-improve, but what if we flipped the conversation from improving to what others have decided is optimal to improving in ways that get our head right, that get our heart right, and that get us back to center? Because... I think for a lot of us, and for me, especially at this time of year with the summer, I've been prioritizing others, not in a bad way, not in a complaining way, just in a necessary ebbs and flows of life kind of way. And now I'm really feeling this pull to get back to a place, back to a mindset where I can recalibrate a little bit. And I think having a conversation about how we get our head right, how we get our mindset right, and what some of the tools are, because I think that's one of the areas you're so strong. What are the tools to get us there? Yeah, I agree with what you're saying. And it's okay to have seasons where you need to prioritize other things. That's life, especially when you have a spouse and when you have children, or there's a lot of friends now that have aging parents and 
there's a lot of balls to be kept in the air. And one of the things I used to believe really strongly in, and I kind of still do is, you know, there's a stagnant. You're either improving or you're, you're not. And te- I guess technically that's still true, but I'm, I think about it now more like when you climb a steep mountain, you don't go straight up. You have cutbacks, right? So you, it takes a little longer. You have to go to the left and then to the right, back and forth. And then you get to the mountain. And I, I think of life a little bit more like we don't always have to have our heart rate at the highest level to get to the peak. Take the cutbacks. It's okay. It's actually more scenic and you're probably going to have a better time. So allowing yourself those seasons, but within those seasons have moments of reflection, right? There's things that you're missing, right? You're, there's things that you are feeling that are missing those smaller voices in your head and you should listen to those and then contemplate and think about, okay, well, there's probably 10 things that your voices are telling you pick one and see what you can do with that one thing. Currently, you know, I, I do a lot of yoga and I went for the first time this past weekend back to a studio. It's been two years since I stepped foot in a studio and I didn't go for a little while because I wasn't sure if I could do a 60 minute hot yoga class the way I used to be able to. So who's talking there? Yeah. My ego. Right. And, you know, we're women. So our bodies shift a lot. Maybe men's do too, but I'm not a man. So I can't speak to that, but women's (laughs) bodies shift a lot. And I was having a lot of wrist pain and I didn't know if it was menopause, was it vitamin D deficiency? And I couldn't even do a chaturanga because my wrists were so painful. So that held me back. It was really frustrating. And I felt like I used to do 90 minute yoga classes and I had lost all of it. Just the life transition. I had to rebuild that. It's so interesting though, because if I think of the best practice advice that's even meant to be positive, you hear things like, there is no competition. It's only with yourself. The only person you need to beat or be better than is the person you were yesterday. And even that, I think, needs some interrupting. Well, it kind of sucks because I'm not constantly improving. I took like a pretty good dive based on a whole host of things the universe threw my way for like a few years, but I'm, I'm building back. And it, it's almost like one of the steps of where you get, you gotta get pissed off about it. And, and then you're sad about it. You kind of go through all these things, but at the end of the day, the, the thing that always came back to was just setting that routine. That's what that routine is varies, but setting the routine is what helps. I get up every morning And I'm like, I really don't feel like doing anything today. Well, you're at least going to go pick a 10 minute class on the Peloton or you're at least going to go walk. Yeah, I love that. Just commit to trying every day, just the way you would with anything you're trying to improve or learn or get back to. Those are the kind of commitments, but we don't always make it to ourselves to say, you know, I've gotten a little bit further away from certain things and I have to prioritize getting myself back into that routine. And I love what you're saying about the routine doesn't have to be this strive kind of intense mindset. It's more just saying, I'm going to be mindful and I'm going to get myself back into a routine, back into the behaviors, right? That have historically helped me because instead of looking back and saying, I'm not as good as I was before. And that makes me sad, which then takes away the joy of the thing that you loved because you're not as good at it as you used to be. So do you want to still do it? Instead, you look to the 
past and say, okay, what were the things that got me happy and made me love this thing? I love the idea of bringing my mindset back a little bit to just being in touch with the routines that get me back to center. I think that's really great advice. Yeah, I sit here and think, well, when you talk to a writer, what do they say? They write at the same time every day. You start to train your brain, right? You're like, okay, we're sitting here. We're in this location. This is what we're doing. I'm going to write. So the first few weeks you do it, your brain's not like, oh, let's give a novel out. Sometimes you have to sit and just write and erase and write and erase. And eventually you get those days where your brain is like, okay, this is what we do at this time. I like that with work. I'm just better at getting work done during certain hours of the day. Your brain is trained like, oh, I work the best at this time. Everybody's different. There's people who are great in the morning, people who are better in the evening. You have to find what works for you. And that's that we talk about this a lot, Kimberly, is that finding the quiet, finding time to breathe and just to be. Yeah, I think that's so important. And I'd like to talk about that a little bit because we are warriors. We have goals. We're ambitious. There's achievements that we strive for. And sometimes it can start to feel an awful lot like a checklist of things we must do, places we must be. And I have found myself feeling in those cases like I'm barely surviving, let alone thriving. So what do we do when we get to that place? How do we shift from survival mode? Yeah. When you're in it, it feels it feels impossible. The only thing, the things that worked for me. So there'd be times when things are just too big. And I call this now tightening up your aperture. So when there's so much happening and you're like overloaded, there's so many balls in the air, so many things coming in. I There's been times where I just want to go lay in the fetal position. I was like, I don't want to do anything. Can I just go to bed? Um, so now I, I use this term tightening your aperture. So what's the one thing in front of you that you have to do and you pick it and then you just focus. And if the other balls drop, the other balls drop, you pick the one thing. And then eventually (laughs) there's moments where you can steal five minutes. And it might start with one minute where you're just stealing a minute to breathe or stealing a minute, a couple minutes to just close your eyes and take four deep breaths and just reflect. Because it's those moments of silence where you can start to understand the balls in front of you. Have you ever felt this way? You spend like a month just knocking things down off your checklist and you get to the end and you achieve it. And you're like, did I even want to achieve this? (laughs) Like the person you were six weeks ago wanted to. And then all of a sudden this path on folds in front of you and you take all these steps and all these check boxes that send all these things into action and you get to the end and you look back and you're like uh I never picked my head up to look around and maybe I think it's interesting it it reminds me a lot of a conversation I had with a past guest uh, Margaret Weniger where she talked about successful women having flexible goals being willing to check in and say you know I want this, but I'm okay if it goes a little bit differently. And I think sometimes that's helpful because I have been in exactly the position you're talking about. And I think, again, as ambitious women, you 
get your eye on the prize. You get your eye on the goal. And as you're going through it, there have been times where I've said, this just doesn't feel as important to me anymore. Even with all the things I want to do, I want to do this and I want to try this, all of those kinds of things. And then I realize, to your point, perhaps when I take a minute to be quiet and listen, that maybe a few of those things aren't as important as I thought they were, or they're not as joyful. And I think this idea of, well, I committed to it and I have to finish it is very important. But there's also a point where you evaluate and say, maybe I don't need to finish this. If you're 20 pages into the book and it's terrible, then just stop reading the book. And that's sunk costs and moving on. So I think what you're saying about even just taking a pause is such a great piece of advice because when you're having all the balls in the air and you're in the avalanche of your life and all this craziness is happening, there's not a lot of pausing to go, yeah, this is not exactly right. And maybe I need to pivot or stop giving yourself the chance to hear that. I don't know that I do that very often. I think I catch myself a lot because I just, I like, I'm type A. I like to check off things and, and keep moving. So I feel like I've been better, but I, I it's something that you have, it has to be a practice because you, it, you can run away with yourself. But here's my question for you. When you think about stopping, what does the saboteur say in your brain? And that is a great question. I think that's probably the question a lot of listeners are going to be having as well, which is, what if I just stopped? It wouldn't be like, well, it's run its course and it's had its time and that's great. There'd be all this, people will think I failed or people will think I'm quitting and so forth. And so it does make you stop and say, am I doing it for all the right reasons? And so you're right. The biggest saboteur, I think, is this idea that somehow we've got something to prove to somebody else besides ourselves, And if we take the time to be honest with ourselves about why we're making the choice and maybe block out the saboteur, <laughs> because I think you're right. I think there's a lot of what will people think if I quit? And I think for warrior women, people just expect that you're constantly going to be doing the next big thing. And I think that's one of the reasons that this conversation in September that I'm choosing to bring to the forefront is niggling in the back of my mind is this idea that we as ambitious warrior women have to sit back and have a conversation like this with ourselves or with a trusted friend or tribe member or people that can help us sort through it. Because not taking the time to have conversations like this one with trusted people who get it, right? People who not only have your back, but that you don't really actually have to prove yourself to because they already think you're awesome. I think that's a really big part of it. So it really segues us into what tools do we have in place when we need to reconnect with ourselves? besides just the breathing and the quiet is the people, the crew, the tribe who helps us get through it. Yeah, the routines. One of the things you said was choices. And I think there's a nuance to choice. When I was going through um, some more startup and entrepreneurial endeavors, I always thought if I don't do it this way, then I just need to walk away from it. But like you said, you just had to reframe where it lives in your routine of the greater holistic view 
of your life currently. And it makes me think about a, a current situation that I was kind of just going through with work. You know, I have a lot of teams that I direct and it's been a little much. And I was like, well, maybe I just got to step away from one of them. And then with a little time and a little reflection, it was just a rebalance of time. What are the other things you could adjust around? And so it's a still a choice. They're just nuanced choice and it takes time and reflection. And however you do that reflection, I happen to like to run. I do a lot of reflecting while I'm out running. Um, I like to journal and I like to go outside in bare feet. Currently I can do that. Soon I won't be able to do that in Wisconsin. <laughs> but I like to go outside and like connect back to nature. And if that's sometimes it's six o'clock in the morning and sometimes it's, you know, everybody's gone to bed. It's just moments where I feel I need to do these things um, for myself. So it's all back to the routine, right? But then there's these nuances to the choices. It's all intertwined. That's why, you know, I laugh a little bit. People are like, here's 10 steps to do X, Y, Z. And I was like, well, first, every person should have their own 10 steps because we're all unique and we all have different goals. Different things make us tick. Yeah, maybe I only have seven steps or four steps. Oh, right. But if you're not taking that time to get to know yourself and start to parse out, What's you? There's so many things that are just like bombarding us. We just saw your friend and TikTok and they're doing X, Y, Z. And should you be doing that? Like, it's good to try to spend some time to parse what's you and what's important to you versus what all the noise around you is saying. And I, I think, I really think that's where it starts in root. It's routine. And whether you're a person who gets up and runs or you just want to get up and read a good book with a cup of coffee for 15 minutes in the morning, go for it. Time with yourself. Yeah, I love what you're saying. And I don't want to brush past the idea of rethinking what doing the thing looks like. Because I find myself often saying this, and I'm betting that many listeners find themselves saying, I just can't do all of this anymore. It's just all too much. And the first thing I start thinking about is what can I not do anymore? What do I have to quit? What do I have to let go of? And that's a good exercise by all means to have. But oftentimes, what do we do then when we're stuck with the answer, I can't let any of it go? And that is when I think what you're saying about the way we think about choice is such a brilliant insight because it's not just an either or, it may just be rethinking the choices or the commitment or the time to them. Because sometimes I think I feel like I have to give something up that I love to do something that I'm required to do because I have to, right? So we have to make trade-offs for obligations of things that bring us joy or that we really love. And perhaps maybe we don't have to trade them off. We need to just think a little bit differently. Be creative. Be creative in how you do it. So here's a softball one. Here's a silly, simple one. So mom, all our mom friends are really busy. We don't get a lot of time to see each other. And we like to have coffee together. But I don't like to spend any free time just like sitting. I want to be moving. So I said, okay, how about this? We go get coffee. But we get the coffee to go. And we go for a walk. And we walk and talk with our coffee. So now I feel better. I'm moving. I'm 
communing with my mom friends. I'm having a coffee. Like I'm feeling really good about this. Now, am I running? Am I burning as many calories? No, but I'm, I'm walking and I'm enjoying time with my friends. So I've, you're meeting yourself halfway in a number of ways. Right. So I've been doing yoga just on Peloton apps and I, you just don't work as hard. I just don't work as hard when it's myself. But going to the studio, walk into the studio, there's like-minded people there. I don't know any of them, but I'm already uplifted just by being in a community. And then I have this great practitioner who's up there holding up the energy for all of us. And I definitely do more than I would have on my own, even as a yoga practitioner. And now after going back and seeing that, I'm like, okay, this is going to, this now has to get put into my routine. So then I go back and I go over the schedule of my husband and I'm like, okay, these are the two slots we can do. We have to switch a couple of things. I proactively am going to make time for that because yeah, I, I love I, that. I think it's so important to prioritize it in your routine. And it's funny. I am just now realizing that I had a similar situation where I had volunteered to help on a committee. And I believe never do that. <laughs> I know, but I believe in the committee and I want to help this person. But what ended up happening is the person keeps scheduling meetings for Friday afternoon. And I was getting so aggravated every time in the summer months that are so precious where we live. And we'd get these beautiful summer days. And I'd have to cut my Friday afternoon short because I have to do this volunteer yeah. committee. And, and so those Friday afternoons in the summer are precious. They are. And I was like, I'm done. I'm not doing any more volunteer work. I'm not going to do it anymore. And then I took a step back and I was like, or, <laughs> and I remember saying to myself, just hear me out on this. What if you just set a boundary? And I literally sent an email to the person and said, I won't be able to make the next meeting that you're scheduling on Friday. I am no longer able to do volunteer work on Fridays. And he was like, okay. It just reminds me when you're talking about routines that we actually can create our routines to a degree. Some of the things you have to do, but the way you have to do them, how often you have to do them, um, how inflexible they are is not always a reality. It's maybe something that we're telling ourselves and not wanting to disappoint people or not wanting to ever say no, or not wanting people to think I'm not as hard of a worker. All of these kinds of things that go through your head sometimes get in the way of creating routines and situations that work better for ourselves. What you just said was really interesting when you related it to work. So What I've started to do, and it's helping, what I've started to do is I'm building not only my brand as a director of design, but building my brand in my own life, my my holistic self that includes the wellness part of me. And in part of doing that is saying, I can't take this meeting during lunch. I'm going for a run. I just went on a business trip. And this is me. Nobody told me I shouldn't be doing this. I was doing this to myself. So to your point about setting your own boundaries matters. So I go on this business trip and I rented a car because it was important to me to get to a yoga studio down there. And then also to go for runs in the morning and to get my workout in. 
And I was very open about that with my colleagues. Oh, I got up and I went for a run this morning. I went to coffee, but I ran to coffee, which was two miles down the road. And then I walked back two miles with my coffee on my hand. It was a joyful morning for me. It was beautiful. So just being open about it and talking about it sets the stage in my mind. Now they expect that Erica's probably coming to uh, her eight o'clock meeting with wet hair or she might not be able to get here for lunch. She might be going out for a run or have a yoga class to get to. Now, when there's meetings you can't miss, because it happens sometimes, then I'm there. But if they're just general catch-up things, I'm going to be vocal and work around them. It is about setting boundaries. Not always. You can't always have your way. A kid gets sick or something breaks at work. You have to jump in and a meeting gets shifted or something gets thrown on the calendar at the last minute. Yeah, but that's not every day. Those are the exceptions to the rules and you have the power to set those rules. See, in my book, that is self-improvement. That brings us right back to this whole topic of September being self-improvement month because self-improvement doesn't have to be the external look better, lose 20 pounds, be more productive, contribute more, do more, uh, impress more. It might be spend more time in peace versus in meetings, in quiet. Don't take meetings on Fridays anymore and see what happens. You wait for this catastrophic thing to happen sometimes and it just doesn't come. And I think that's what you were saying in the beginning when you said, maybe it's just because we're getting older and wiser. And I'm sure some of the younger women listening might feel like it's a little harder to do. And I get that. It's a process, right? It is a self-improvement process. But to finally get to a place where you say, You're going to have to understand who I am. And I think this is what you were just saying. The self-improvement is giving ourselves that chance to be what we need for ourselves, right? To create the life that we need for ourselves. And I think some of what I'm feeling and some of the improvement that's needed is this external validation of what my productivity needs to be, how I can show all that I am and capable of, and a little bit taking a step back and saying, you know what, I need self-improvement to be about connecting back to our center and getting back to that place where it doesn't feel like we're in this constant survival mode. Positioning ourselves actually for greater things and to strive because we're allowing ourselves a little bit of emotional rest, mental rest, whatever it is that gets us to that place. I think that's also self-improvement. So it's hard to say sometimes that doing less is self-improvement, but I'm going to go ahead and start to say that to myself, that maybe more boundaries and less saying yes without actually pausing first, that's part of the self-improvement. Yeah, it's funny you speak about the younger generations. I have two things that I would say to them. One is I think they're a little better at all of this than we are. Um, the second, I agree. I, yeah, the second thing I would say is there's no such thing as perfect. Try on different things. And it might not be your thing, but try it out and keep trying new things and explore and be curious. And um, you don't have to do the things that you 
were told to do when you were younger or the things that your friends are doing or things that your family does. Yeah, maybe ambitious Erica looks different in her 40s and ambitious Kimberly looks different in her 50s. And it's no better, worse or less. It's just a little different. Certainly, I looked a lot different in my 20s and my outlook and what I thought was important and what I strive for. And I'm still feeling like things are going to evolve. I hope they evolve. Boy, I mean, that would get boring. So they should always be evolving. You should always listen to a lot of different voices. That's always been something that I've done. I like to listen to a lot of different perspectives and a lot of different voices and kind of kick them around in my mind and maybe try on a couple of things if I want to, or just walk away from it. If I'm like, yeah, none of that's for me, but being open and curious, I think. Yeah, I love that. Talk to your friends, listen to podcasts like this one or others, the voices that you need in the moment that you need them. The podcasts, the books, the everything you need when you need it in the moment you need it. It's changes. Well, and you hear it differently at different times. I just listened to a podcast that I wasn't going to because the title, I was like, I don't know, I'm not going to relate to this person. And I listen, and I was like, you know what? It's I don't have anything else to listen to. I'm going for a run. I'm going to listen to it. You know what? I had something to learn from that person. So I was really happy I listened to it, but just reminded me to always be open to listening to people that don't, didn't have the same past as you, don't look quite the same as you, have different goals than you. Just be open to hearing their story and, and their journey. You're, you're probably going to get a couple nuggets out of it. So, you know, I like being open to the new routines too, because I keep going back in my mind, the routines that gave me certain results 10 years ago or 20 years ago or two years ago. And now I'm thinking about the need to create perhaps new routines that work for me in this season, as you had mentioned, and that might look different in September than it looked in June or that it may look in January. Kimberly, the new tennis is pickleball. I know you used to play tennis, but maybe you should start playing pickleball. It's very fun. Very. Fun. My husband and I were just talking about playing pickleball. We need to learn. So I think that's an excellent piece of advice. <laughs> Give it a try. <laughs> try something new. Try something a little different. I really love this conversation and I love that it's actually a little different than a lot of the conversations I have, which tend to be a little bit more research-based and evidence-based. And I think this is just about sometimes feeling some things and needing to work through how I'm feeling. And since September is self-improvement month, for me, part of that journey is this podcast and having a conversation like this one with somebody like you, who I know is on a similar type of journey. And I suspect many people listening um, are feeling different kinds of things, different kinds of journeys and things going on right now. So I think there's value. I have one thing to say about the research. So this is sound with the routines. There's some research, but I will say that this is about an N of one and that's you. And that's the most important, the absolute most important N of one that you should be paying attention to. Yeah. I think that's such a great takeaway. You know, when it comes to you, you are the only participant in that experiment. And so you have to make sure that you're really thinking about that. So I just love that. 
And I actually have two quotes that I was going to share as part of my manifest statement from Australian author Becca Lee. And they're a lot about what we're talking about here. She says, quote, the purpose of this glorious life is not simply to endure it, but to soar, stumble, and flourish as you learn to fall in love with existence. We were born to live, my dear, not merely exist. And a second quote that goes along with it, be kind to your body, gentle with your mind, and patient with your heart. Stay true to your spirit, cherish your soul, and never doubt yourself. You are still becoming my love, and there is no one more deserving of the nurturing grace of your love, end quote. We're still becoming. And so being kind and compassionate to ourselves, cutting ourselves a break, and taking the time to talk it through just like we're doing here. I thank you so much for taking the time to help me get to my center, as you always do. I hope others listen and get something out of it, but also reach out to their people, their tribe, whatever voices they need to hear, however they need to hear them to get to their September self-improvement and that place of feeling like they're doing more than just surviving because I think we all need to be in a better place than that. And I thank you so much, Erica, for being here with me today and talking this all through. Yeah, it was really fun. It was great to be here. And I hope your listeners get a few nuggets out of this. (laughs) I'm sure they will. Thank you. For more resources, you can visit my website, www.advancingwomenpodcast.com and connect on Instagram at Advancing Women Podcast. I love getting your feedback. So please email me at drdsimone at advancingwomenpodcast.com. I just want to thank Joe Jacobs, the audio warrior who wrote the music for this podcast, and a huge thanks to Heather Harris, the creative warrior who designed the Advancing Women podcast logo, and thanks to all of you for joining me here today.